At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the HHC, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition. Hornets continuing their six-game Western Conference road trip. They'll be in Phoenix tonight. Not quite as late as the game against Portland, but still a later tip-off, 8 p.m. for all the fans back home in the Queen City. We're going to preview this game. Also, we're coming up on 50 games left to go in this 2021-2022 season. Certainly a lot of challenges for the Hornets, but how are they doing thus far? We'll talk about that, and we're going to talk hustle stats. Even though the last few games have been pretty lopsided in one way or the other, the little things can make all the difference. Several Hornets are doing a great job when it comes to the hustle stats, and we'll give you the details on them as well. Helping me on all of these topics, you hear him on the post-game show on the Hornets Radio Network's flagship station, Sports Radio FNZ, as well as from 10 to 2 Eastern weekdays on WFNZ. Stan Norfleet joining us again here on the Hornets Hivecast. Stan, how are you? What's going on? Uh, I guess I should refer to you as, are you you Scottsdale Sam? (laughs) Are you Valley of the Sun Sam? What are you doing out there in the desert, man? I woke up this morning and had no idea where I was. So that's how long this road trip has been. I'm not sure what city I'm in half the time. But, hey, it's uh, life life on the road, life in the NBA. It's a good thing. We are thrilled to have you. Let's talk about the team, and let's do it as a whole right now. Charlotte is coming up on 50 games remaining in the 2021-2022 season. Certainly a lot of basketball left to be played and a lot to be determined. But I think right now, I said that going into the last game against Portland, they were kind of at 
had a, a fork in the road. There's five teams that seem to have separated themselves a little bit, Brooklyn Chief among them in the Eastern Conference. So there's that top grouping that seems to be playing, at least for the moment, for home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. And then there's a second grouping that is trying to either avoid the play-in, ensure they're in the play-in, or just get into the play-in, period. And the Hornets seem to be at the top of that group. That would involve Charlotte, Washington, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Boston, and Toronto. You can slide, I think, the Knicks and Indiana into that equation, too. It's too early to bury them. They're certainly not in the bottom row of the Eastern Conference, but they're fighting their way up to this group. So uh, it's not a bad place to be. We'll talk about the difficulties of the schedule in a moment. But through 31 games, Stan, how do you feel about how the Hornets have done sitting at 16-15, and 15, top six in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, it's been an interesting year um like every team in the league you know you're, you're gonna face adversity from a uh, covid and a safety a health and safety protocol standpoint injuries also i go back to the opening the season with terry rogier having both of those ankles impact his play and missing some time so it's been a challenge for jb i'd imagine in, in, in getting the rotations tightened getting guys in sync but i gotta give my applause and my hats off to what he has done infusing some young talent in to the rotation at times when he's had to. And then now that you get guys back, the game in Portland uh, one night ago, the first full roster we've had, what, in a couple weeks, and you know certainly that didn't go the way we wanted it to go. But regardless if this team wins or not, they fight like hell, Sam. I mean, it, when it looks like we're down 29 versus Portland at one point the other night, and they get it to uh, single digits, I think they got it down to six with about a minute and a half to go uh, in the Motor Center a night or so ago. And they've been doing that consistently all year. I think if there's uh, a thing that, for me, makes me feel even better about where the Hornets are currently at the sixth spot in the East is that the schedule and the amount of road games. And you have harped on it. We have on our station as well. You know, the tenacity of which they continue to be competitive night in and night out, mostly on the road, it seems like. I think that's going to bode well for building chemistry and the mentality when we get to post-All-Star break and teams start making that push. And now we have that, that same vigor in the comfortable confines of the Spectrum Center. Very much agree. And when you look at the team schedules as a whole, the Eastern Conference has been on the road for the most part more than Western Conference teams. Seems like more teams are from the East heading West than West heading East in the first third, let's say, of the season. But as you, you examine things a little bit closer, you're correct. I've been harping on it a lot. No one has more home games remaining at this stage than Charlotte, and they're going to have more because the next three are on the road for the next five are on the road for the Hornets, so they're still not done with this stretch of the season. And the Hornets have the fewest road games remaining. No one has fewer road games remaining in the Eastern Conference than Charlotte. And uh, the Hornets have played as many games as anyone in the NBA as well. So more rest should be in their future on top of all this. So JB has talked about it. I have talked about it. You have talked about it. Even Gordon Hayward has, you know, kind of come out a a little bit more uh, vociferously as of late saying, hey, you know, this is not just a hard part of our schedule. This is the hardest schedule he has seen in a 10 plus season NBA career in terms of volume of road games and and the frequency in which they're played. If I would add that and and look this is me being a talking head and I just know that as you do the mentality of the NBA and I think Borrego probably privately with his teams and his coaching staff would say guys nobody's gonna feel sorry for us nobody cares 
what our schedule is. Nobody cares how the, the health and safety protocols are impacting us as opposed to another roster. This is life in the NBA. Every other night, you got to go out there and put your best foot forward. Now, you're going to have some nice – Damian Lillard went crazy two nights ago. Okay, you're going to have that. Uh, he's a, a top, what, six player, seven player in this league. You're going to get those. At the same time, I believe what, what would be maddening and, and maybe is – the things you can control, the defensive intensity, you know, the the turnovers, uh, the lack of daysicalness at times, and the role will contribute to that. You mentioned, Sam, you don't even know what city you are in night in, night out. That impacts the, impacts the players, too. It's hard traveling on the road, having to get the shoot around, practicing, just different circumstances of life in the NBA. But again, the one thing you can control is your competitive fervor and the effort. And for me, I look especially on the defensive end. For this team to get to where we need them to get to. I just got through looking at it earlier. From a first-half defensive efficiency standpoint, the Charlotte Hornets are ranking in the bottom third of the league. And I just think they bowl so much better, whether on the road or at home, saying when they get off and get that defensive mentality going early so you're not having to dig down into the reserve tank as they did at Portland to try and make the thing competitive late. Well, let's dig more into that in our next segment. More with Stan Norfleet of Sports Radio FNZ after this on the Hornet Tidecast, brought to you by Senta. I could have gotten my hearing aids anywhere, but going to a doctor who could find a set that fit my lifestyle was a good idea. Music sounds as clear now as when I listen to it on cassette tapes. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offers a wide variety of hearing aids. With affordable pricing and credit options, our patients can find hearing care that is right for them. Hear like you once did. Call 704-295-3000 to schedule an appointment. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, they just make sense. Sam Farber and Stan Norfleet. You can hear him weekdays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Sports Radio FNZ. You can follow him on Twitter at Stan Sportsman, and you can hear him post game. Stan, we ended last segment talking about defense. You're right to point it out. Even though Charlotte's pace of play, I think, impacts some of the defensive numbers, just they create more possession, so you can't help but have more points scored in a game. But defensive rating tries to take some of that out, and when you look at a lot of the defensive metrics, the Hornets just don't fare very well. They are 30th out of 30 in defensive rating in the NBA rebounding. They are 29 out of 30. There are a lot of positives about this way, the way this team plays. It's extremely entertaining. It's high scoring. The competitive spirit and nature of this team, I think, is second to none. They do not get blown out, and if they're down big, they don't stay down big very long. But the games that have gotten away from them, it's tended to be like it was at Portland, where they'll give up 70 or 80 points in a half, and even an offense as potent as theirs has a hard time keeping up. Yeah, Sam, I think we universally we all would agree. A team, even with Damian Lillard, you know, giving up 81 points and a half, like that just can't happen in an NBA game. Even with as potent as the Hornets are offensively, one of the best offensive teams in the NBA, you just dig yourself a hole. Now, I'm proud that the Hornets finally in the second half dug down and, and, and got their heels in there and, and were able to win the final two quarters, holding Portland at just 22 points apiece. Uh, however, I lean on the quote from Miles Bridges, and, and I trust when the players make comments. And Miles said, listen, we did not put the effort 
and the intensity on that end of the floor. Sam, I come back to you and I wonder, is, is this just the makings of, I don't want to say a young team, but a team that doesn't have a ton of experience together? Or is this just a fact that they just had guys out of the lineup for a myriad of different reasons and they just haven't built that continuity? You factor in practice time and film session. So could that be impacting some of the defensive breakdown? I think the fact that it was the first time with LaMelo Ball back certainly had an impact. And, you know, LaMelo Ball is such a special player, but he is a different cat when it comes to defense. He takes more chances than most players do. He anticipates a lot of things. He's not necessarily a big-time steals guy like, I'm standing in front of you and I'm going to pick your pocket. He's going to sneak up behind you and pick your pocket. He is going to jump a passing lane and pick off a pass. So he does things a little unconventionally, and, and I think you know it can take a moment to adjust to that because when he takes a risk, if it works out, great, you're off and running. If it doesn't, someone still has to cover that, and you don't want him to stop taking those chances. That That's what makes him special. That's what makes him one of the elite off-ball defenders in the NBA. Also allows you to get in the rate that much faster. You can start your primary break as well. 100%. So I think defensively, you know, typically I, I like to say when a player comes back from a long layoff, it's game two that you're looking for for them to really make a jump, and that tends to be on the offensive side of the floor. I think for LaMelo, it's the defensive side, not so much because he needs the adjustment, although I'm sure he'll look better game two versus game one, as good as he looked game one. But I, I think for his teammates, readjusting to playing with him as opposed to a conventional shell defense, there's no doubt about it, though. They're better with their guys. When Cody Martin came back, defense looked much better. When Mason Plumley came back, defense looked much better. And I think now having everyone back together, they'll look better again here. One stat that has stood out throughout the season, Stan, the Hornets can hold a team under 20 points in a quarter. They always win. That offense wins out. And I guess now we can say if they give up 80 and a half, they always lose, although that's one of one. But when you get to these close games, Stan, the little things matter. In the last three games for the Hornets, we have not seen very many close games. So it's easy to overlook some of these. But the hustle stats that the NBA does such a great job of tracking, and most coaching staffs, quite frankly, have their favorites that they look to, they can be the difference in closer games, which undoubtedly we will have some later on. So I gave a look to some of these, jotted down some notes, and we're going to test your knowledge here or test your your watchful eye of Hornets basketball. See if you can tell us who is at the top of the list on these hustle stat categories. So you want to start with an easy one or a hard one? Give me a layup. Layup? How about charges drawn? Who is the Hornet amongst the league leaders in charges drawn? That's Cody Martin. That is most definitely. He is top five. has taken 12 charges. The only players ahead of him at the time of this taping, Kyle Lowry of Miami and Blake Griffin of Brooklyn. Pretty good company to be in. What I can appreciate about Cody is he will do it, you know, even if that's a big coming down the middle of a lane. We mentioned just, again, the, the defensive concerns, issues that are facing the Hornets. One of the things that can alleviate some of that is communication. And I feel like I'm not that practice. I'm not there on the floor. I don't have the same vantage point that you do at times. But, like, I think Cody's really excellent communicating. So from a rotational standpoint, he puts himself in position to take some of those charges, not to mention you got to bring the courage to allow a, a 240-pound man sometimes to run down the middle of you. So, yeah, that's an easy one, Cody Martin. Let's give you another layup. I think it is deflections. Who's the Hornets' top player when it comes to deflections per game? I'm going to say that's LaMelo Ball. That is correct. He is top 10 in the NBA, 3.1 deflections per game. Number one in the association is DeJounte Murray of San Antonio, very long guard, gets in a lot of those 
passing lanes. But this is what, again, makes LaMelo Ball special. And I do believe it's an adjustment to to reacclimate to playing with him defensively because, you know, a lot of times, like you said, you've got five guys that are trying to play as one. Well, what makes LaMelo special and unique is he tries to anticipate where you think or where you should be going. Not to say he's cheating, but he's taking a calculated risk and it requires players to cover up those holes if he's wrong. Because if he is, you can't just allow a layup or an open three off of that. That happened too much against Portland. I think they'll start to clean it up as they move forward. Let's go to a harder one. How about contested threes? There is a Hornet who leads the NBA, or at least at the time of this taping does, leads the NBA in contested threes. There's also another one who's top 10 in contested threes per 36 minutes. So they're two different guys. You get two shots at this one. Who do you like, Stan? Contested threes. I'm going to say Miles Bridges, and I will also say Bridges and Cody Martin. One out of two is not bad. Contested threes leader in the NBA with 124 is Miles Bridges. He gets out there and and uses that athleticism to at least put a hand in the face more than anyone else in the association. But in contested threes per 36 minutes, Jalen McDaniels is top 10. I keep forgetting about J-Mac. Shame on me. 4.9 4.9 per 36 minutes. He's another player, extremely long, very good athlete. No one's the same kind of athlete as Miles Bridges, but Jalen McDaniels is a, a longer body out there and kind of in the similar mold. JT Thor, I think, will end up being that kind of defender, too. Like Sam, we'll have to talk more about that JT Thor moving forward. I like it. I like it. Last one, loose balls recovered. There is a Hornet who is top 10 in the NBA in loose balls recovered. Who do you think it is? Loose balls recover. Okay, in the essence of time, let me just say what my instincts, my Jedi mind tells me. Miles Bridges. It is not. It's Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward is top 10 in the NBA in loose balls recovered. Gordon with those instincts, that that veteran savvy, he just has a a knack for knowing where the ball is supposed to be. And, uh, you know, another thing that I I don't think has gotten enough play and pub out there is the consistency with which Gordon Hayward has played. A lot of guys have missed time for a variety of reasons and injuries. I don't ever think are a player's fault. They're, They're a part of the game. It happens. It's luck or bad luck of the draw. But Gordon Gordon Hayward has been one of the guys who's had to pick up the slack. If someone else goes down, Gordon Hayward's minutes go up, and he has done that consistently. Last couple of games, they were able to get him off his feet for the fourth quarters, but generally speaking, Gordon Hayward has been a warrior out there for the Hornets and doing not just big things like having a 40-point game against San Antonio, but little things like leading the team in loose balls recovered. Gordon has quick hands and the ability to locate the ball and he anticipate. All of those things, I think, are an underrated element of his game, but as you mentioned, the elder statesman and veteran that he is. No surprise, he's been on the floor, been available for most games this season. Well, that's a look at some of the hustle stats, the uh, stats within the box score that don't often get the focus, but can be the difference in close games. Hopefully, we'll have some more of those in the future, or at the very least, a Hornets blowout. Charlotte could use one of those. Going to be tough to get one tonight. Phoenix, one of the best teams in the NBA. We'll preview tonight's game with Stan Norfleet of Sports Radio FNZ as we roll along here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets fans make sure you download the hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience the hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day 
You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. You can follow him on Twitter, Stan Norfleet, at Stan Sportsman, and hear him weekdays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Sports Radio FNZ. And he's promised me as soon as we get back home, he'll get back in the studio for us post-game on Sports Radio FNZ after Hornets games. You can see him at Spectrum Center. Make your plans. Join us either for the last game of 2021 against the Rockets or in 2022. He's a fun guy. He's always happy to talk to Hornets fans, and he'll be back in the building quite a bit starting in January because the schedule's about to turn, isn't it, Stan? Yeah, man, looking forward to it. I always enjoy getting over there to Spectrum Center, man, seeing the, the folks that help, the arena staff, the, the Hornets personnel, the broadcast crew, just like the energy in the building, man. Spectrum Center has been fantastic, and I like taking an occasional jab at some of those visiting fans that want to come in there and try and take over the arena. My man Kelly Oubre Jr. or Miles Bridges or somebody gives a three or thundering duck to silence that crowd. Gotta blow a kiss to him every now and again. Well, there's a game tonight, Hornets take on Phoenix in Phoenix. This is an extremely difficult building to play in. Now, this this is going to be a challenge, as it is for every team that goes into Phoenix in the in the Valley of the Sun. Thirteen and two at home. Uh, it's the second best home record. Going to be a challenge. No getting around it. But let's uh, get into the, our game preview. What we like to do, Stan, is have you give us a stat player for each team to watch. We'll go one category at a time. You're the guest, so you get to go first, and I can't copy you. So where do you want to go first? A player for the Suns. Player for the Hornets or a statistic to watch tonight? Let's go play it for the Suns. I'm thinking... So Devin Booker's out with his hamstring. I think he's now missed six games, if I'm correct. In his absence, uh, Landry Samet has gone into the starting lineup. But the guy coming off of the bench, and that's the thing that, if you think about the game against Portland, there was Ben McLemore coming off the bench, knocking down, what did he knock down, 10 threes the other night at Portland. I think about the Dallas game on this same road trip, where I thought, uh, who was that, Trey Burke came off the bench for the Mavericks and added uh, maybe 17, 20 points, something along that line. In the six games that Devin Booker has been out for Phoenix, I think Camp Johnson is averaging like 16 points a game in somewhere around 20 minutes or so. Got to minimize that. They have enough scoring and enough offensive potency with Mikael Bridges and Aiden and you know the names, Chris Paul and the like. Can't have guys coming off the bench, which has given the Hornets some trouble here recently. Very fair. The Hornets have played the Suns well in the last couple of years, so there's not a lot of players who have really stood out and showed out. I think DeAndre Ayton has to be a concern just because the Hornets at times will have their difficulties with an elite center. Ayton can be hot and cold, though, so he's not the player I want to go with. I want to go with North Carolina's own Chris Paul. Chris Paul is, uh, you know, always dangerous. He's the orchestrator of that offense. And again, while he didn't have huge games last year against the Hornets, or last season, I should say, did have a 20 and 10 game, 20 points. 10 assists, but the Hornets actually won it in Phoenix, I might add, 124 to 121. The loss came in overtime in Charlotte, uh, and that was uh, one where the Hornets did not have LaMelo Ball for that contest. So I think there's a lot of factors to this. Chris Paul is one of the elite players in the game, but I think you're right to point out Devin Booker. I don't know as of the time of this taping whether or not he'll you know, have some kind of upgrade and suddenly become available. From the fan in me, you always want to see the best players on the floor. If you're looking from purely advantage Hornets perspective, no, it's not, not great if you're facing off against arguably one of the best shooters in the National Basketball Association. As of the time of this taping, we don't have any injury reports submitted for Phoenix, but we'll find out if a couple of days extra off... 
on top of the six or seven games he's missed is enough to get him on the floor. But if he's not out there, Chris Paul is the kind of guy who can make the passes, make the plays that make people start to look a little bit like Devin Booker. And as you rightly called out, the Hornets have a tendency to make guys who don't look like Devin Booker look like Devin Booker. So I'm going to go with Chris Paul as my player to watch. I always think thinking about uh, a guy like Lamelo, a young point guard. How do you rise to the challenge of a Dame Lillard? And then a couple of nights later, here comes Chris Paul. So it's an opportunity for you know the Hornets to find out where you at. Here's a team in Phoenix that won the Western Conference Finals last year, largely because of Chris Paul. Let's go to either Stat to watch or Hornets player to watch. Where do you want to go, Stan? Let's go Hornets player to watch. Who do you like? All right, so you might yell at me right here, but this is a guy that I think is just critically important to the outcome of games for the Charlotte Hornets for a host of different reasons. And the guy I'm going to point to is Gordon Hayward. All right, well, earlier this road trip, Gordon Hayward drops a season-high 41 points against the San Antonio Spurs, and the brother didn't even have to uh, go out, uh, back out on the floor, did not have to play the fourth quarter in San Antonio. But then fast forward two nights later, and there's Dame Lillard and, and the Portland Trailblazers going crazy in that first half. We mentioned the 81 points that they scored through two quarters, and Gordon Hayward ends that game in Portland with, what do you have, Sam, six points? I need to see more from Gordon in moments where just the difference in personnel and or experience. So going up against whether Booker plays or not, there's still enough scoring over there. You mentioned the record at home. The environment is going to be crazy. They won't have to worry about not having the energy in the building there in the sun of the valley or valley of the sun, I should say, excuse me. So I'm going to be looking at Gordon Haywood to be aggressive offensively and not allowing the Hornets to get into a hole as they did at Portland. I like that word you use there, aggressively, because Gordon Hayward is the consummate team player and he wants to make the right basketball play at all times but sometimes he'll pass on his own shot for it now he only played 22 minutes so not as much time as some of these other guys but he didn't get to 10 field goal attempts I think that's a little bit on him and a little bit on his teammates quite frankly he is too good of a player to take that few of shots in a in a basketball game that the Hornets are going to win you know as as on as LaMelo Ball was they have to continue to involve the Gordon Haywards and and Gordon was not the only one who didn't have a great shooting that against Portland. Terry Rozier ended up going one for 10 from the field. He only had two points. So I'm with you. I think Gordon Hayward being more of a focal point on offense is a good thing. He's not going to give you 41 every night, but he can't take eight shots in a game. That's that's not just on him. That's on the entire team to make sure he is more involved than that. My player to watch, though, I'm going with LaMelo Ball. I was not expecting LaMelo to come out guns ablaze in 11 for 17 from the floor, three of five from three, 27 points. But he was a pretty big negative in the plus minus column when compared to Dame Lillard. LaMelo ended up a minus 10 in this one, Lillard a plus 13, and that's the one-to-one matchup. Here again, I think you're looking at a similar situation going up against Chris Paul, and the Hornets, given some of the injury situation for Phoenix, I think the Hornets are just as deep, if not deeper right now, given what they've been through recently, getting more players involved in the normal mix of things. Guys like Kelly Oubre have played bigger roles, Jalen McDaniels, P.J. Washington, Cody Martin. We saw good things from Ish Smith. So this is not LaMelo has to put on a cape and do it on his own, but he can't lose the head-to-head plus-minus matchup with Chris Paul by, say, more than like 15 or 20 like we saw the other night. Finally, last but not least, stat to watch for this contest. What do you focus on for this one between the Hornets and the Suns? To me, it's about, and I'm going to stay on the defensive end of the floor, Borrego, I hope, would be proud of me. Points allowed. It should be applauded that James Borrego's Hornets are the number one scoring team in the Eastern Conference points per game. 
just under 116. The problem of the top six teams in the East, the Hornets, the Hornets are the only team that are in the negative in differential. Why? Because they're giving up nearly 117 points per game. I imagine if we were to do the deep digging that we don't necessarily have the time to do here, we mentioned earlier in this broadcast, first half defensive efficiency The Hornets have not been one of the better teams in the league, bottom third. I'm going to be looking to see, can they hold the Phoenix Suns under their first half averages, which will give the Hornets, I think, an opportunity to tap in in, in the second half there and continue to do what they do, which is put the ball in the cup, and maybe we can go in there and steal one in Phoenix. Points are always a a stat to watch. There's no question about that, but I can't be mad at it because I'm kind of on a a similar trajectory here. I'm going with, you have to shoot well. It's field goal percentage. They say make-miss league, and generally speaking, that's in reference to a last-second shot. You, You live with the results if you get the open look, but really, Phoenix and Charlotte are two of the elite shooting teams in the NBA. Phoenix is number two at 47.5%. Hornets are top 10 at 46.5% from the field. And uh, sometimes, you know, the the stat to watch is rebounds and second chances and turnovers and three-pointers attempted or points in the paint. Sometimes it's just plain, do you shoot better than your opponent on that given night? And for these two teams, that tends to be the barometer. Hornets are 15-2 when they lead in field goal percentage. Suns are even better. They're 21 and 1 when they lead in field goal percentage. So I think this is a twofold thing. One, the Hornets have to continue to play good offense, which they've done throughout the season. I have no questions, no doubts about that, but they've got to cover up open looks for Phoenix. They don't have their big time shot maker in Devin Booker, or at least they don't as of the time of this taping, but whether he's out there or not, you cannot give NBA quality shooters open looks at the basket. They will make you pay for it. So I think the Hornets have got to contest shots wherever possible against Phoenix, try and bring that field goal percentage down because if Phoenix is north of 50 it's good night Hornets they are hard to beat though when they outshoot their opponent their only two losses stand Milwaukee and against Philadelphia where half the team wasn't playing so you can understand both of those ones but if Charlotte can win the field goal percentage battle they can win the game yeah I like when you go there and that's really been an area of focus for us on our show is just the efficiency the shot selection and ultimately putting them in the cup. And so when I think about, you know, Kelly Oubre and Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball, you know, they have more than enough guys. Uh, I mentioned uh, T-Row. Yeah, T. Rogier can certainly do it. There are more than enough guys over there capable of doing it. Just got to hone in, lock in, and go get it done. Well, we encourage you to listen to Stan Norfleet and the great Nick Wilson on Sports Radio FNC. Do I get in trouble with you for calling him the great Nick Wilson? Is that okay? <laughs> According to him, he's America's sports talk something or other. To me, he's just Wilson, but uh, he's really good at his job. That's my radio brother. That's my family in real life. And uh, we have a good time each weekday on FNZ from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So we'll keep that between us that you call them the great. Fair enough. The great Stan Norfley. You can follow him at... Now, yeah, we'll take that one. You can follow him at Stan Sportsman on Twitter. You can hear him weekdays 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern on Wilson and Norfleet on our flagship station, Sports Radio FNC, and post-game, especially when they're home, but really anything on the East Coast stands kind enough to stay up late and break down the Hornets games after we get wrapped up on the Hornets Radio Network on our flagship station, Sports Radio FNZ. Stan, we love having you. Thanks for being a part of today's edition of the Hornets Ivecast. Sam, always a pleasure, brother. Appreciate your work. Thanks to all the folks that make it possible. Hornets fans, see you over here at Spectrum Center soon enough. Yes, indeed. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. We hope you'll join us on the 27th 
when the Hornets finally, after two-plus weeks off on the road, return home to host the Houston Rockets. And we hope you'll join us again tomorrow for a double-dip edition of the HHC. We'll break down tonight's game against Phoenix and the quick preview of night two of the back-to-back against the Utah Jazz. Till then, for Stan Norfleet, our producer Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber, saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.